I mean, if I can, I feel like I would look at the, the little dude in my arms and be yeah. like, <laughs> uh, we'll, make some kind of joke about um, come here often. Yeah. <laughs> All right, yeah. So come here often, woven together with the magic of your uh, bardic traditions. <laughs> yeah, I come here. All the time to pay respects to my family. Yeah, I come here all the time. And I, he feels like hard, like, I know where I am. <laughs> Welcome to Dungeon Busters, your Dungeons & Dragons actual play experiment. I'm Diego, a professional dungeon master and actor. And I'm Michael, an actor and role-playing addict. Each episode, we summon a special guest who helps us give your game inspiration one encounter at a time. We don't just play D&D, we, we put, put it, it to the, the test. test. What's up, everybody? Welcome back to the Dungeon Busters podcast. I'm here with my co-host, Diego. Hey, everybody. Good to see you. And we are joined by our special guest today. Bailey Savage, everybody. Hello, my friends. What's up? I am thrilled and pleased to be here. It's been a long time coming. Bailey came to our uh, podcast release party uh, dressed as the dragon from our logo. Absolutely. Absolutely. Costume I already owned. Yeah. yeah. Nothing to do with you. We actually. had a whole like name competition and everything, but I think from now on, it's Bailey the Blue Dragon. Yeah. <laughs> Right, that just yeah. see, that rings. It rings. It's, it's, yeah. got, it's got a that fine alliteration. I feel like that's mm -hmm. um, very, what Plus it goes always meant to be along with the song. <laughs> Bailey the Blue Dragon. So Bailey, what is your experience with Dungeons and Dragons? Yeah, we're starting at ground zero. Um, in fact, I don't know if uh, you, you're popping my D and D cherry today. <laughs> this is a first for me, Aww. but not because I not because I haven't wanted to. I just have not. Um, ever been involved in the I feel like I've been a peripheral person to a lot of people in my life who play D&D &D. it's mm. just never been something that I have been like can somebody sit and explain all the rules to me because I don't understand and I didn't ever want to like disrupt a campaign so sure. I just have been a peripheral person mm -hmm. have you ever like uh you see, obviously you've probably seen it in like movies tv shows like mm -hmm. what is like your understanding of like the game understanding of um the idea of like role-playing and fantasy my little sister and my mom play like the world of warcraft type of games yeah, and so yeah. i'm like okay i understand the, like the genre of the world but other than that um i think the idea of rolling dice um how i you get to point a to point there i that that's not a compute for me i have no idea what that means but i like yeah. the idea of action adventure and also just kind of um, having a groundwork and then everybody playing off of that. Mm. I like I like that idea. What's the highest value die you've ever rolled? Um, mm, I don't know if I've ever touched a die beyond six. Yeah, just okay. Oh my gosh! Well, we're gonna we're gonna <laughs> you're gonna touch all kinds of dice today, Bailey. We're going way beyond. What the a six. promise! <laughs> yeah, this is a true immersion, um, which kind of uh, kind of ties into what we are talking about here yeah. today. Uh, which is session zero. Uh, so folks who are listening uh, might know that session zero is typically like the first meeting you have before you actually start playing the campaign. This mm -hmm. is where you kind of get to know uh, who else is going to be playing kind of, sometimes you make your characters together. Sometimes you just kind of uh, like theorize together or, or, or I don't know. Yeah. What we also say. talk about, I, you know, for me, it's also talking about like, what are people's boundaries and like yeah. some safety stuff too of like, you know, what is the game that people want to play? Mm -hmm. What is it for you? Like, is this, uh, like, are you trying to get a specific, maybe like artistic 
experience out of it or exactly. is it just your fun casual game i mean there's a whole breadth of different reasons why people play D D. Yes. so i think kind of checking in with everybody so that everyone can have a good time is really important i think that's a great like kind of thesis statement to what the session zero is it is a, like a group check-in to make sure that everyone is playing on the same page playing the same game mm -hmm. uh too, so often i see it like on reddit or uh on twitter or tiktok about like people who like you know a dm who wants to run like a serious like low magic campaign and then the party like rolls up at session one with you know these like meme characters which are fun like you know if you're looking to play a meme campaign but sometimes mm -hmm. that's where like the wires can get crossed and then you know you're three sessions deep into a game that you might not really enjoy because it wasn't what you thought it was going to be that makes when sense. you set out i think that's what i thought that it was like more of like a the dm just was like this is my game and you will play my game mm -hmm. and that it was like way less collaborative yeah that's i think is important as a dm if you like this is the type of campaign i want that you've got players who are into that because if you're wanting to like you don't want to be stuck as a dm creating something that you don't mm -hmm. aren't excited about because then you're creating a lot of content yeah and a lot of times you're like, not having fun with <laughs> these are your friends like you might not be getting any compensation outside you know the good memories and the time spent together and yeah. maybe a pizza which <laughs> is priceless which is priceless you can't put a price on that yeah mastercard but you got to make sure especially i would say like with a gritty mm -hmm. campaign you want to make sure your players are like yeah I want to have a gritty campaign <laughs> because it's what, just got a certain vibe to it. What is like the vibe that you imagine Bailey for like a D and D game? Just like first, like what, what, what does it look like when you imagine? Well, I think what is fun as a person who is not, I like am a, um, a fantasy lover from afar. Like I, I grew up very passionate about Lord of the Rings and the Star Wars, all the big franchises, like that kind of stuff. And so I love an epic, like an epic adventure, like on a mm -hmm. big kind of grand scale. I feel like that's mm -hmm. kind of more the thing if I'm going to play, I want to I wanna play. I want to play something yeah. crazy. Yeah, very cool. Awesome. I love that. Well, why don't we head over to the Dungeon Busters lab and find out exactly how we will be testing Session Zero. And we are now in the Dungeon Busters lab. <laughs> yes. <laughs> we really went somewhere. You really we, took me we, into we a different went, place. Yeah. I'm... We went to the lab. We yeah, went down the elevator. elevator. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The... It just moves this entire room. I'm picturing down. it, um, you know, the second um, Scooby-Doo movie, Scooby-Doo 2, Monsters Unleashed. Yes. Yeah. With, um, I'd name all of them, but I won't. Yeah. But, um, <laughs> Once, There's a good lab in that. That's why I'm picturing this. Once our production like, level's higher, we'll get lights that like make it look like we're going. Down. Yeah, yeah. Just elevator put a couple shot. here, and there. Yeah. <laughs> you give me the motion sickness too that it takes. Yeah. Elevator. Yeah. Level. I'll build an actual endless dungeon <laughs> yeah. under Chicago. <sighs> That'd be cool. Be um. Well, thanks you all so much. We're uh in here in the Dunderbusters lab, and what we're gonna be doing is we're gonna be running a session zero. Uh, so we're all kind of be basically playing ourselves, but we've kind of have a little, a little bit of a, a a table to roll on here to give us a little bit more variety and you know add some more of unknown factors here. Um, so just to for the folks at home to know, I made up uh, three tables, uh, d6 tables. Uh, one, the first table is expectations, something you need in the game. Mm -hmm. uh, and those are romance subplots, high fantasy setting, long-term campaign, political intrigue, all in-person games. And uh, number six, official Wizards of the Coast content only. Uh, I also included a section for deal breakers, something you cannot abide by in the game. 
gaming under the influence, metagaming, intra-character romance, meaningless character death, phobias, uh, digital dice. And we also put in a desires table here, something you hope is in the game, something aspirational. Uh, this could be something like you want more puzzles in the game or you want there to be player versus player combat or playing as a homebrew race you found online. Maybe it could be uh, you want a gritty realism campaign or you want to kill God. Uh, it could even just be having in-game drugs, whatever it is, like kind of your fantasy is. So we've used these as kind of a jumping off point to kind of inspire these like um, fictionalized versions of ourselves. Um, I don't know. Like, do we want to share those? Or do we want to just to like kind of come out and see what how it plays out in the... Let's see how I think I see how it plays yeah. out. We'll start yeah, kind of. I the looked top. at that list and I was like, okay, I know like half of these things. Right? So, <laughs> so awesome. We'll keep we'll keep our expectations, deal breakers, and desires close to the chest. But uh, rest yeah. assured that we all uh, uh, have one here of what we want this game to be and what we're hoping this game will look like. Mm -hmm. um, so great. Let, let's go ahead and get started. Hey guys, thank you all so much for uh, hanging out with me here today. Um, I, I know we've been wanting to play like D&D together for a long time, so it's kind of cool that we're finally finding the time our schedules are lighting up that we've we can get together. we for it. I know, Please right? let me play. Yes, I want to get you in here, especially <laughs> Bailey, because you know you, you haven't played before, and I think this would be a really great way to get your feet wet uh, mm -hmm. with D&D. Yeah, we always love having new players. It's yeah, and I always fun, love to get my time. feet wet. So yeah, yeah. <laughs> wet feet galore. Uh, so I guess I just wanted to start out since I'll be DMing this one, and you know we'll only have two players in in this campaign that we're running. Uh, I just want to introduce the world. This is a homebrew world that I've been working on, uh, kind of off and on for the past like year and a half through like a variety of games. So this is kind of where I imagine our campaign is going to take place. Mm -hmm. um, so without further ado. Noemtlok is an ancient world where great civilizations have reached the zenith of achievement, fallen into ruin, and faded into memory and hearsay many times over. In the current age, trade is bustling, small towns have grown into mighty cities, and burgeoning empires test the power they wield. Magic is a known element from humble hamlets to the densest cities, though the most powerful of artifacts lay in ancient ruins or the collections of devoted scholars. A small village would be lucky to have a hedge mage come through every month or so to provide feats of magical assistance, perhaps for a price. The world is dangerous, and venturing off the civilized path can quickly put you face-to-face -face with the creatures and monsters that call the unknown home. Um, so yeah, that's kind of what I was thinking of for like where we would be like playing with a campaign. That's so, yeah, that was so cool. You I just said like it. the most epic words, and I'm like, Jason. <laughs> what is the? You really took me somewhere. Can where you, are we? Can you say it again? Yeah, say it again and spell it for us too. Noemtlock. N o e m t l o c. Incredible. Thank you. Oh, I love it. I'm already taking notes. That's how into it I am already. <laughs> um, but yeah, so I was kind of thinking that my thoughts were that like. Uh, we would start out in a town like called Craigfort, which is right out. <laughs> Craigfort. <laughs> Craigfort is such a good Craigfort. name. Craigfort. Yeah, it's uh, a a town that like it has a fort built into a crag, and over the years, like oh. the the pronunciation changed until now it's people town, just call it a tiny you know, like a crag. Yeah, Craigfort is Craigfort. <laughs> Craigfort. <laughs> Happy to be here. Yeah, and oh this I was thinking God. this would be a town outside of Ervo Durian, which is uh, one of the bigger cities and one of the okay. empires uh, that are like kind of one of the big players in this setting. Do you have nice. um, like a little more geography for my brain? Is this like a, give me a more topographical 
this like a forest, a mountain yeah. type of like. So, uh, Erbo Doyan, I've always imagined it as the, it's like the easternmost like crown jewel of the Creatorian Empire. So, it's uh, on the western, it's on the western edge of the, um, of like a mountain range. I haven't okay. thought of a name for that mountain range yet. But um, if anyone has any ideas love to take them uh but yeah it's kind of like uh where uh, kind of gentle forest slopes into uh old uh mountain got it got yeah. it okay Does that sounds good like i mean i was really looking for like a high fantasy campaign so this okay. sounds like it fits into this mm-hmm. world i'm curious you said that magic is fairly well known yes in this world like thinking about creating maybe like a magic character you know if they came from a small town maybe it would be like they would learn it from people like passing through yeah more than they would learn it from like uh someone in the village is that kind of as far as magic goes maybe more likely Uh, yeah i'm kind of thinking it like that like i'm thinking that there's like maybe a smattering of like proper like academic colleges to study magic at Mm. and even those are like (laughs) kind of uh, in like the bigger location. You got to have that money have to money. get in. Exactly. Yeah. But no, I think that, that, that works no, no, really no. well. I'm sorry. There's capitalism and fantasy. No. <laughs> is, that, is that a no go for you? No. <laughs> I want a socialist society. In yeah. this, in this Nothing no, but I'm a trade okay. economy. Yeah. No, Cause it, you know, it does provide the, I feel like the comfort that you yeah, yeah, yeah. But there are that is some a uh, good point. I, I am trying to like think of like other like locations. Like I'm imagining that like in the first like maybe up until level three, like mm-hmm. the first couple of levels that we're playing, maybe we stay around Craigford just so like yeah. obviously you can guys can go wherever you want, but like that would just kind of yeah. help us get a handle of the world, get a handle of the character sheets. Absolutely. Absolutely. Um yeah. in, in terms of like the magic of the setting, I love the idea of playing a magic user. Um I think the the one thing is like this I, I didn't really imagine the setting as like a high magic. I was thinking like more low to mid in the sense okay. that like, you know, there isn't gonna be like like magic shops. Like when you go into like a big okay. city or whatever or not, there isn't gonna be like, oh great, let me, you know, go spend money and like this is where all the magical items you could ever want are. Exactly. Is magic yeah. like respected? Is it feared? Is it like That's a really good question. What's more exciting to you? I feel like keeping, um, you see, you mentioned something about like maybe somebody would pass through like once a month kind of yeah. thing, like that kind of. And so I feel like uh, I would, if I had magic, I would keep that close to my chest because it feels like a, like a targeted thing. Like if you do yeah. have magic, you're both revered and also like probably puts a bigger target on you if you can do that. I like that. We can say that like Craigford is a town where like, yeah, there is like. And it, since it is kind of like an uh, uh feeds into this like bigger empire, maybe they are a little a little bit more comfortable with mm-hmm. magic, but maybe like there is also an uncertainty about like you know, I mean, a m- magic user is like basically like a nuclear bomb walking through your town. Mm-hmm. So maybe there yeah. maybe there can be a little bit more of that that we can build in as we're getting the mm-hmm. the campaign started. Sort of like in a small town, usually there's one or two people that are really good at singing. <laughs> They're just really good, and they're known across the town for it. And the, but then if you go to, like, a bigger town, there's a lot of other people who have those talents. Yeah. And, and they have agents. Like, I can't believe you're drawing on my past right <laughs> yeah. now. Cool. I thought it was something we could all relate to. <laughs> um, but, yeah, in terms of, like, okay. the campaign pitch, um, I don't have, like, 
I have I have some uh, big thoughts, but like I said, I imagine like we'll just be staying around Craigfort mm-hmm. for like maybe like a, the first couple of levels, and mm-hmm. then whenever and that's one thing I want y'all to like really choose like where this adventure goes. Like mm-hmm. session one, I mean, you can like just you know leave Craigfort, go mm-hmm. somewhere else, but like I don't know, I think that this would be like a good place to like. How do levels it. work? Yeah, that's a really good question. So uh, that's what I'm thinking is that um, when you kill monsters in D&D, you get experience points. Okay. Um, I'm thinking that like we'll do like experience point based leveling uh, through to like level like six or eight. And then from there, we go to something called milestone leveling, where it's just like, oh, when you, you know, win the favor of the local duke, that's when you get to level nine. And then like, ah, when you slay the monster that's been a plague in this region, that's when you get to level 10. And we can kind of feel that. Is, do y'all have any preferences on XP versus milestone leveling? I'll say, I have actually never done XP leveling. I've oh, really? only done milestone leveling. Cool. So mm-hmm. I'm excited to try XP leveling. Awesome. As a DM, what's a trick that you use to keep track of that? Like XP, do you like track numbers or yeah. do you just kind of keep sort of a tally in your head of like okay they've done this they should level up so i'm gonna be we're gonna be using shard tabletop for a lot of like the combat tracking uh so what one great thing about shard is that after each encounter it just divides up the xp for all the monsters you killed mm. uh, automatically so i'll just be going off of uh shard mm. uh and how how it gets divvied up there uh but from there you know like you know there might be something where there's a social encounter that you do really well. And I'm like, yeah, that, that deserves some XP. So well, I don't know, that's kind of how I'm going to keep track of it. Yeah. Um, and like I said, especially just for these like first couple of levels to get everyone uh, on their feet. Mm-hmm. Nice. Mm-hmm. Bailey, was there anything else you were hoping for from your first campaign? I want to fall in love. You want to fall <laughs> I in want love? I want an epic romance. <laughs> yes. Mm-hmm. But like oh, one of those torrid, beautiful. like probably can't be together, but um, they want to be. Yeah, like it's a nice R and J, like absolutely, absolutely. Starstruck lovers, mm-hmm. yeah, should never be. I, yeah, I'm yeah. definitely not opposed to like in putting in some like uh, love lines. I am not as a DM. I'm not comfortable like narrating like explicit sexual content. Does that happen? In some tables, yeah, it can. It can, it can yeah. Which I, is a good, I think, boundary to talk about too. Is yeah. like. Yeah, are we doing... How horny is this we... game? <laughs> <laughs> no, yeah, yeah. I mean, I'm, yeah. I'm down for, like, a horny game, but I think, like, I would just, like, you know, like, you seduce the bar wench, and then it fades to black, and we a lot of fade to black, wink, wink, nudge, nudge. Yeah, exactly, Type yeah. game. Yeah. I, I do enjoy that type I of game. I enjoy that, too. Yes. Okay, yeah, cool. So yeah. we can definitely I, we can definitely plan for some, like, yeah. uh, character romance. Are y'all okay I'm with, defi- like, intra-character romance, or would you prefer it be with, like, NPCs? Like, I don't know if y'all want to be... I think that depends on our characters because oh. if there's, if there's, I'm a huge enemies to, to lover type of, um, uh, you know, mm. if we hate each other until we love each other kind of yeah. thing. So if yeah. that develops, great. I would say, yeah. um, if it's not intense and it's just casual, then no, I don't want an interpersonal relationship. <laughs> <laughs> okay, well, cool. I'm only looking for casual, so uh, it might Maybe be a that's problem. The conflict, but <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I okay. think that all sounds that all sounds very fun. Cool, yeah. awesome. So I guess we can say that like maybe there is going to be some PC like romance depending on how like the characters build, how the story yeah. goes. But obviously, if at any point anything's like getting too real or crossing a boundary, like feel free to uh, uh, mention it. Um, yeah, something like that. What would be a way that you would like us to mention, like if we're uncomfortable with something? Oh, that's a good question. Um, are, are you familiar with like safety tools in D and D? I'm familiar with some of them. Okay, I know uh, we chatted a bit. Yeah, I know we touched on it. So this is like um, 
like when there are moments like in the game uh if you know something is like uncomfortable not like being fun for you to like role player engage in there's this tool called the x card it's a, a safety tool in dnd essentially it just means that we put an x on an index card if there's a moment that comes up that like makes you feel uncomfortable or is like not fun or is like oh this is like too like real for it uh you can plop down that x card we like take an a, a pause like in that moment you know maybe you and i talk privately maybe uh we talk as a, as a whole table but to find out like what's the what's the sticky point here mm-hmm. um and then figure out like you know do we how, how to move past it in a way that keeps the table fun for everybody that's mm-hmm. great yeah another one we have is the lines and veils uh and that can be something that like if we have some stuff that we know up up front right now that like we want to mention we can but a, a line is essentially like a, a hard boundary you don't want to cross mm-hmm. um like for me like that's uh, a line uh, or uh, a line for me would be like like slavery i don't want to like really like engage in like role-playing like sla- moments of slavery yeah mm-hmm. yeah mm-hmm. definitely um, whereas uh veils are things you're kind of more comfortable skirting around like in, in that case it would be like the more sexual content right mm-hmm. like mm-hmm. i'm okay like the, it being around and present and existing, yeah. but I'm not, I don't really want to, uh, <laughs> like, I want to skirt around it, fade mm-hmm, to black. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So yeah, those are kind of the safe, the safety tools. And they're also built into our virtual tabletop too. So whether we're playing in person or online or, oh, great. yeah, it, it's built into shard right here. So you can, right. um, in the little, uh, one of the little, uh, emoji menus here, you can put, uh, an X to oh, stop, great. uh, a, like an N to slow down or uh, an O to like keep going. Things we are, love boundaries. So it's a, it's a good way That's to cool. be communicating and, and everyone on the, uh, on shard uh, who's looking at the like uh, chat law can see like if um, I think something gets popped up. So if like, mm-hmm. you know, one of us is saying something that the other is not comfortable with, we can communicate that uh, through the virtual tabletop, whether we're playing in person or online. Yeah. Incredible. That's awesome. Yeah, I love that. And I know in the past I've used this too. It it hasn't actually come up in game, but it's something that we've talked about to just say like, okay, I need to, I, that's bringing something up in me, maybe triggering something for me that I'm not comfortable with. And we're going to cut to a different scene just to give that person some space from whatever's coming up. I know something that I often bring up at tables is like, not having like non-consensual sex. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Role playing that because that, yeah, let's not I guess do for that. me, like that, those things I would never have come up with in the first place. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. like, <laughs> my little brain. But no, I. So well, that's such a. I. That's very interesting. I just like didn't think about the dynamics of role playing and the like world building that those elements. I'm sure that people add in. Yeah, well, I think I will say for me, it's like, oh, why would we role play that? But and and hearing other people bring it up, it's like, oh, and you know, there are a lot of fantasy content. Probably Game of Thrones is the most <laughs> obvious one where there is a lot of sexually explicit right. content and not consen- consensual sexual content yeah. that is yeah. not always comfortable for people or yeah. triggering what is for that people. about fantasy worlds and people being like, mm, and everything's dubious. Yeah. Yeah. I, I think to speaking to that, uh, to that end too, I think like in, in this world that we'll be playing in, like, there is uh, is a lot of like kind of gray area and stuff. Mm-hmm, um, mm-hmm. I, I, you know, obviously like what we kind of talked about, like uh, what our lines and boundaries are, like that's where we draw the lines. But um, very Pride and Prejudice romance. Yeah, <laughs> I, 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 I would love to encourage y'all to find, you know, you know, not every character is going to be like a mustache twirling villain Absolutely. or like a, a wholly good uh, person. Mm-hmm. 
And maybe this is something to also bring into it uh, as far as expectations that I think is a good, which is so cool about Dungeons and Dragons is that it can be an inclusive environment. Mm -hmm. It's just like affirming uh, gender identity and people's pronouns. That's true. Yeah. yeah. Oh yeah. uh, And character identity and character pronouns. uh, And it just being like in an open space, love is love in this world. And I think playing in a in a space that reflects the world that yeah we'd like to see yes. is makes it a, a a fun game. Absolutely, absolutely. So yeah, if there's any like lines or veils that you know of up front that you want to mention, um, I welcome you. Uh, also, feel free to like message me between now and when we play our first session next week, mm-hmm. and we can kind of like uh, you know I we I I can take that information or like I said I you feel can like you, share it. You- Struck some good ones there. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And, and you know, sometimes like we we can't think of every single thing that like would might might like you know take us out of the game in that context. Mm-hmm. So like you know, when if it ever comes up mm-hmm. while we're actually playing, please like feel free to talk about it with me, talk about it with each other. Um, you know, I want to make sure that everyone has fun. That's really awesome. I don't know why I did not expect that. Like, it's not in a bad way. I, d- I just didn't like yeah. um, anticipate so much. Um, it's definitely like a nice. newer, newer tradition. Uh, like I don't think it. I mean, I wasn't doing this at my tables before. I mean, it's it's not just like newer tradition. It's newer in everybody's vocabulary. I feel yeah. like it's newer and just yeah. Like I'm just like checking else. in and being like, hey, what do we all want? You're out a of human. This? I'm a human. Let's talk mm-hmm. about. Let's talk about that. Have to be comfortable. Yeah. Well, yeah. and I mean. You're a lot of games you're committing to weekly or biweekly sessions that are maybe two to four hours. You're spending a lot of time with people. Mm -hmm. And I feel like in taking some time at the top to make sure that why everyone is there and that everyone is there to like get along and have a fun Mm -hmm. game at the table and not have it be something that's like hurtful or damaging. Yeah. -hmm. Yeah, Because you've got enough of that in the world. Yeah. Hundred percent. It's nice to uh to take it out in a fantasy world, but sometimes we don't want to see yeah. everything well, and in it. When you've been role playing a character for a year, man, your feelings can get into it. Yeah, that's true. So to oh be gosh. able to like you, you can get attached. Yeah. To be able to like have some that. of these yeah. boundaries, I think is really important for Yeah, just like being aware of that some of that stuff that can come up. Cool. People have parasocial relationships with their D D characters, you think? Yeah, to oh, some extent. Sure. It, I mean, I like a lot of times, it's, yeah. like, <laughs> it's like the unspoken parts of your psychology that you should yeah. like pour out. Like, yeah. ah, my daddy issues. Oh my god! I'm like, yeah, I'm playing a character who I would never be in life, and I like it. Yeah, D and D was therapy. Oh, it's too much of therapy. Yes. A lot of therapy happens at these tables. Yeah, which I actually that brings up another point, another safety tool that we hadn't I hadn't really thought to include, but now that we mentioned it, is um just like some like aftercare, like yeah. after the session, especially if there's like an intense thing. I want to make sure that like those maybe those like first like fifteen or so minutes after we like finished at the game, maybe that's a time we just check in, make sure that like any arguments we had like in character aren't spilling over into our lives. Mm-hmm. Obviously as the DM, I can facilitate and arbitrate that, but like, you know, just making sure that the characters conflict with the characters, it doesn't mean conflict with our friends. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Another thing I, I guess I wanted to ask is uh, what kind of characters are y'all thinking about playing? Yeah. Get with all this in mind about like the, the, the campaign setting that I'm interested in running in and like these, you know, conversations, what, what, what's exciting to you? I'd like to be the dragon in Dungeons and Dragons, but I was looking at that. So I, um, what a, 
how well, many little can. things there are. I was looking at the list you had sent me, which was just a comprehensive list of like races, and and I would had <laughs> zero idea out of your basic, yeah. um, I'm like elf gnome kind of like uh, characters. But I, it's there were so many different versions and words and things that I looked up and it was lovely. But I think I most heart of hearts drawn to like a dragonoid type of yeah yeah a draconic dragonborn. or dragonborn yeah mm -hmm. that's a blue dragonborn yeah yeah I love that yeah have you thought about like what your class might be yeah well I was like um I was leaning towards uh rogue for the word and word alone but mm -hmm. i think i oh, i nice. think i want to keep it close to home and, and stick out with bard bard a dragonborn yeah. bard yeah. very fun. i love that dragonborn bard and Dragon bards are really bard. a fun I think bard. bards are good like first uh, character because mm -hmm. they can kind of as you level up you can kind of go more into like the martial class or more of spellcaster. Yeah. Um, they can kind of, they're, they're kind of a jack of all trades class. So you yeah. can kind of do everything. Yeah. Uh, so that's really fun. I think that's a very wise choice for like your first D and D character. I want to put the, the dragon bard and dungeons and dragon bard. Yeah. <laughs> dungeons and dragon bards. Yes. Um, do you have like a name for your character? Mm, the only name that comes to mind is banjo, but emphasis on like band dash Joe. Yeah. 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 Band First Joe. name Band, second yeah, name Joe. Yes. I love that. Can I call you BJ? Yes. <laughs> BJ the Dragonborn Bard. That's amazing. That's a good one. I like that. Well, I what love that. Well, because you're playing a bard, and maybe it's just because I'm watching The Witcher, but it makes me mm. want to play like a uh, Witcher like character, like yeah. a uh, Geralt. And I'm trying to. Think are you going to be a Hemsworth? Or are you going to be? Did you see that? Yeah, uh, Henry, Henry Cavill's. Henry Cavill's. Uh, I think he's. I, I wondered if it was just because of the other stuff he has going, like Superman I, starting. Yeah, back Superman. Up. He's, so he's, I wondered if it was just like a conflict of timing. I mean, I'm sure it's like because I wonder if he's like signed a certain number of movie deals with DC, so they're like, no, you have to do this. That's true. And they're like, well, I'm trying. I'm supposed to be shooting for The Witcher, and they're like. Mm, no, you're no, not. you're not. So it sounds like Henry Cavill is a warlock with <laughs> That's a what I was pact uh, with uh, the DC extended universe. Believe it. Yes. <laughs> that, that, is a corporate, that is funny. Disney. A warlock with a corporate patron. Ooh. Yeah, I think that's, that's exactly. I'm not going to play Geralt. I'm going to play Henry Cavill. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I think that's. I do like the, the warlock, though. I was thinking, would Geralt be more of a fighter or I feel like he, either I like know. a, I would kind of caution against like trying to spec yourself too specifically well, yeah. into one thing, especially cause like I'm not that familiar with the Witcher, but it seems like Geralt's more of like that kind of quiet loner type. Right. I always encourage I players play, to make, yes. yeah. make a uh, characters that want to be a less brooding more, more. I was thinking like class features. Yeah. Like gotcha. A fighter who can maybe Amp himself <laughs> with like horny, potions. We're back to horny. Yeah, we're back to horny. Sounds horny. Yeah. Don't know what amp you yourself know, means. Who, <laughs> yeah. So yeah, like with some magical abilities. Okay. Um, yeah. So either like a fighter. Oh, what's the fighter class that has magic? Um, well, we'll also be starting at level one with these characters that's too. True, so that's true. don't feel like you, there is going to be time for you to grow and kind of like spec your character in the way you want. But I love the idea of a fighter. A uh, human? Are you thinking human? That's a good question. Hmm. If you're a dragonborn, I could go human or human, or maybe I'll be like a halfling or a dwarf. 
Yeah. Well, as he's kind of like mulling that over, why not like uh, just like uh, consider why would this character, why is this character in Craigford? Uh, they don't have to be mm. like, uh, I guess like they're, they don't have to be like a, uh, like a born and raised Craigfordian. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> but um, yeah, some reason why they maybe like are passing through the town or like have reason to be in the town for, you know. A, a significant amount of time. Would you say that D and D is a first thought, best thought kind of game, or I always think it's best to not overthink it. Yeah. Okay, great. My first yeah. thought then, which could be my best thought, but it could be the worst thought, is that um, BJ Banjo um, Dragon Bard uh, was in a traveling group BJ that got Jordan? left in Craigford. Oh. They kicked him out of the. Oh, I love of the, that. Like, traveling whatever pack, and he's okay. just, like like stranded now to like fight for his own. We're I kicking love that. you out of the band, BJ. <laughs> So this is like Jack Black as a, uh, yes, exactly. I'm going to scrap everything I have. Like you're going to uh, be a substitute teacher at a school of music. I figure it out. Yeah. Yeah. I think um, Henry as my character. I'm going to stick going with Henry. Henry. Incredible. I think it's going to be Henry, Henry Cragfort. <laughs> of the Cragfort. Of the Cragforts. Of Ooh. the Cragfort Cragforts. Wow. Okay. And uh, he, uh, he's, joined like the town watch <laughs> because he's trying to protect the village. Okay. And uh sees this lonely down on their luck dragonborn bard mm-hmm. is like, "Hey, are you okay?" Well, if you're on city watch, you said city watch? Yeah. Maybe I'm playing in the street. Yeah. Trying to get some money. Nice. Trying to get some money. And I just see like your I hear your sad story about how you got kicked out of the band. <laughs> I'm like, "Oh, that's so sad." You know, my mom might make you a bowl of porridge. Oh. Would you like a bowl the of porridge? The Craigfords are a nice, kind family? Yeah. yeah. Oh. I mean, my, my dad runs the mines in the Craig, but... Um... <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, we say Craig weird around here. <laughs> <laughs> I love this. We've already established like the, the old family in this thing and that they're, they have an accent. Craig. Yeah, Craig. 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 Um. Yeah, can you I know? get you an egg? Can I get you like anything? Yeah, I'll get you an egg, <laughs> a bowl of parch. We don't have a dialect; we just say certain words. Yeah, yeah, here, yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, is uh, that not you what want a some milk? Is? I'll get yeah. you some milk. <laughs> so I'm thinking that like this is really cool. I really like how like we kind of fleshed out this backstory. This yeah. is giving me somewhere to kind of like go off of for this mm-hmm. first session. Um, why don't we just if y'all want to like qu- really quickly like build your characters? Um, yeah. the only thing I'm gonna say is like only official Wizard of the Coast content. Okay. Um. Uh. So Wizards of the Coast they are usually abbreviated W O T C. They okay. are the uh, company that like makes all the D&D stuff. They're owned by Hasbro uh, from, you know, your childhood. Um, (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Uh, So, so, and there's like a lot of really great stuff out there for um, like other different types of like uh, content creators and people make their own like things and publish them for like the D and D setting. Great, great. Yeah, yeah. But just especially since this is like Bailey's first game, I think it, it might be great for them to like just start out. Uh, yeah. Like, with just the like OG. the OG, yeah. the vanilla stuff. But e- even then, like, you know, I guess mostly for Michael, like feel you can free put to, a like, cherry on top. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I'd love to start off with Henry Craigfort. Yeah. Tell us about your character. Hi, I am uh, Henry Craigfort, uh, the fourth, but I don't like to talk about that. Um, I'm a stout halfling noble. Um, as you might know, my family uh, comes from the the Craigfort, Craigforts, 
Um, I'm I'm a fighter. Um, I like to protect our village. Um, and you know, I a lot of times we actually have to fight like creatures in the crag. So I'm really good at fly, <laughs> fighting without using my sense of sight. And I, yeah, I just like help. You know, our little village is really nice and cute, and um, I like it to stay that way. So, uh, that's me. I'm Henry Craigford. <laughs> Welcome, Henry Craigford the fourth. Is it? I'm not locked into the voice, right? If no, I you're not locked in. Yeah. Oh, <laughs> do you want to upload a token though? What is that? Uh, yeah, just like a, a little character art for yourself. Uh, Shard has this really cool thing where you can. Uh, it just like automatically like searches the internet for you, and you can find like art that's just available. Search web for mm. token. Yeah. Oh, incredible! Just kind of gives blue. you an option. Yeah, you can even type in like blue dragon in like the search thing up there, and it'll like. I mean, we do have your your final form in our yeah yeah. This, cover this art. is this is what BJ Banjo Banjo <laughs> becomes by level twenty. You know, all this time I've been picturing going like, <laughs> and now I know it's going. <laughs> that's fucking. Hard. There's no art of him carrying a tuba. I feel like that's a. Art makers out there, we want a blue dragon (laughs) with a tuba. Tag us at Dungeon Busters. Their name is Banjo. Banjo. (laughs) But they do not play play the banjo. (laughs) That is funny. I do not know. That's why they kicked him out of the band. They they hired a banjo player. They're like, we thought you were like world renowned banjo player because you're it's in your name. (laughs) Nope, tuba. Yeah. Oh, love that. Look at this. Oh, hot. <laughs> like <Amazing. ripped. laughs> Love that. Like, kind of like a hot, dumb jock, I feel like, in a yeah. little bit of a. Amazing. Spark. <laughs> BJ Banjo Banjo, um, pleasure to meet you. <laughs> in fact, it's a pleasure to meet anyone because I've been very lonely recently. My life has been falling apart ever since I was left in Craigford by my bandmates slash former Lovers. Lovers. <laughs> oh. Do you know a name? What the name of the band was? Mm, mm, mm. Come back to me on that one. All right, we'll come mm-hmm. back. Because I feel like that's. Uh, I I am not over it, and I don't want to talk about it yet. Yeah, the, yeah, the, yeah Everything yeah. that went down, because I feel like something something went down. Yeah, no, that's awesome. I always say the best backstory happens when you're playing the game. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. Um. So I feel like I've been in uh Craigford Creek. Craigford? Well, I'm not Craigford. a local. I don't need you know, the yeah, accent's yeah, yeah. not part of my, my vocabulary. But um, yeah. it's been about a week, and I barely found a place to stay. I don't really know how to survive here or if I want to stay here or if I want to go anywhere yeah. else. I'm just very down on my luck. All I've got with me is my tuba and other <laughs> various musical instruments that um, – Maybe they took those for me. If I only have the tuba. Yeah, it could be that the, uh, they took the, the rest. If, yeah, they yeah. left me with me and my tuba. They were rented. Can the tuba have magic? Or is so, that something that is... As a bard, the tuba is essentially like what channels your magic. Mm-hmm. Uh, there are uh, definitely like in like exploring the world and going on more adventures, you can find like legendary musical instruments or even like find like uh, uh, craftsmen who are, who can make uh, better instruments. Uh, but yeah, as a bard, the idea is that like you're, whereas a, a wizard might need a, like a wand to focus mm-hmm. their spell casting, bards do it through their music and their I think voice. I was thinking of like, if my tuba can expand 
Um, and then like I could stay in my tuba, like my tuba is my home. Ooh. I don't know if that <laughs> exists in the world. We can, I, that's a quest. I can make, I, well, <laughs> yes. can definitely like quest to make like yeah. a, a mix between a tuba and the Leoman's tiny hut spell. Yes. Yeah. So your hut is like essentially like a wizard's tent that mm-hmm. it ex- gets bigger on the inside. Mm-hmm. Just, you're like, you can walk around like a little hermit crab. Yeah. Like your, your butt is in the tuba, but like your arms are like dragging you across the dirt road. <laughs> That's so good. <laughs> oh, that's God. the visual I want. Yeah. Um, and I'm, yeah, I'm just feeling really lost and lonely. Okay. Oh. Really lonely. You know, Craigford's not that bad of a place. Let me show you around. Awesome. Actually, I think this is a perfect time to get these characters in action. I always think that a, the thing that's always mission, missing from a session zero, because mm-hmm. you do all this heady stuff, you do all this talking, uh, it's missing a little bit of action. So we're actually going to go to the Dungeon Busters lab. Uh, again, deeper. deeper. And, I was going to uh, say, we are physically there. We are physically in the lab already, but we're going into the side room. Yeah. So come up to the lab and see what's on the slab. And uh, we're going to actually put these characters to the test and have a little little combat encounter here. <laughs> nice. So on this night, uh, it's, uh, um, young BJ Banjo Banjo uh, has been left behind by his uh, bandmates. Um, is it he, him, pronounced for your... Uh, yeah. Your dragonborn, uh, he's been left behind by his bandmates, uh, and he has just been left uh, almost nigh penniless, uh, with no one, no no connection or, or, or family in this town. Just kind of been wandering around, kind of thinking about your next steps. In this week where you've been wandering about, you've just kind of started walking uh, on this night, and you found yourself like at the edge of a graveyard, and you see a strange green lights coming out of one of the mausoleums in this uh, small, unkempt graveyard. Henry Craigford, you as a kind of a, a legacy member of the Village Watch, uh, you have, you know, heard some some telling of like some disturbances over by the old village graveyard. This is where a lot of the ancestral uh, people like the original Craigfordians mm-hmm. uh, were like have been buried, um, and it's a you know it's not the, a big tourist attraction or anything, but it is something that's like kind of dear, especially for the old, uh, folks who have been in Craigford for right. since its founding. Great, 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 great grandfather's buried in there. <laughs> yeah, uh, and so you've heard reports of uh, some some of the village kids have said that they they heard some noises coming from the mausoleum, uh, and your first thought, of course, is worrying about grave robbers. And so as you wander to this mausoleum, uh, you run across a young B- BJ Banjo Banjo. <laughs> Call me Beej. <laughs> you are both standing uh, in the glow of this um, of this light. What would you all like to do? Um, I feel like I haven't noticed Henry yet. Right? Like we, I don't know you, you're there. I feel like I'm captured. I'm like enthralled by this light a little yeah. bit it feels hypnotic yeah um i think uh yeah seeing this light and then knowing that someone else is here or i think i spot bj yeah i walk over to bj kind of with a hustle um you know this is you should probably get out of here this doesn't look so good right you guys scream into my tuba and it makes a huge noise and scares <laughs> 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 yeah because i wasn't expecting a person uh, oh the God. the tuba echoes through throughout the uh, dark forest, and uh, on the on the uh, last bit of that tuba echo, you hear. 
emanating from the mausoleum. Was that was that you? Um I start backing away with my tuba. I say nothing to you. Do not acknowledge. <laughs> I don't trust you. I don't know you. I'm backing away cuz I'm like maybe I don't want this. Yeah. Okay. Um I I turn and start walking towards the mausoleum doors with my shield and my short sword up. Okay, don't worry. I, I'm feeling really guilty about I'll maybe leaving this man in this situation, though. I don't want to be involved, but I'm feeling guilty about it. And that suddenly you hear, goom, 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 on the old wooden rotten door uh, of the mausoleum. Uh, and it come barreling out. You see the rotting flesh of uh, of uh, an animated corpse. It's got maggots coming out of its cheeks. Parts of its like arm have just been withered away to bone. On its heels, you also see a dusty skeleton uh, picking himself back up, wielding some weapons in its hand as another skeleton begins to claw its way out of the dirt from an old ancient grave and pulls himself onto the ground. I'm going to need both of y'all to roll for initiative. <gasps> My first roll! Your first yeah. roll! So, Bailey, you'll want to go to your character sheet on your phone okay. here. Okay, okay. And at the very, very top of your character sheet, uh-huh. you'll see, like, a little polyhedral symbol that says initiative. Okay. And click on the little die in that box. Boom. You just rolled it. Already set. 17. You have it. Very good. So, that, uh, that roll determines what order we go in in this fight. Okay, okay. So right now, look over your character sheet, start thinking about what your character would want to do on their turn. Uh, uh, Henry, what'd you roll? Cool, a 13, awesome. So uh, with uh, Henry uh, tepidly uh, approaching the mausoleum uh, and the zombie and skeletons uh, already surging out, uh, we got BJ Banjo a little bit further away uh, outside of the glow of the green, but still in view of the uh, necromatic horrors that are unfolding here. We're going to start off the turn with a skeleton who rolled a 20. Uh, and this skeleton starts is just going to immediately start shambling uh, around uh, the corner of this mausoleum here. And it's going to lift up its short bow and shoot an arrow at Henry Craigford IV. With a five to hit, the arrow goes past him, sinking into the dirt just in front of Banjo. Uh, BJ Banjo Banjo. <laughs> uh, the skeleton is going to use the rest of its movement to approach and get face-to-face with Henry Craigford. We pass turn now to you, BJ Banjo Banjo. What would you like to do? I would like to use my, what little acrobatic skills I have to pick up Henry. Yeah, yeah. You don't even have to, like, yeah, you can run up and you pick up Henry. Yeah, I'd like Henry, to pick do, him up. That, that's a good thing. Uh, how do we feel about, uh, uh, like, players imposing, like, movement on other players? I usually just yeah. like to ask, like, do you want to be picked up in that moment? Yeah, I think I think uh I think uh Henry is pretty stiff as a board right now, just like real tense. So I think that Tell me how you really feel. <laughs> BJ, stiff as a board. <laughs> Raw <laughs> Henry is stiff as a board, Craigfruit. Um yeah, so I think I think if BJ went to pick him up, he would just be like Still in ready position. Yeah, just like like picking <laughs> yes, up a statue. Like yeah. All right, great. Yeah, you you picked him up. You did use about like ten feet of your movement there, mm-hmm. moving with 
Henry in your hands is gonna uh, is gonna have your movement. So each foot that Makes you travel sense. is gonna be lessened. At the very top of the character sheet, you can see that you have a speed of thirty feet. So every turn you can move up to thirty feet. Okay. You have okay. ten feet to get to. You use ten feet to get to Henry. You have twenty feet left, but since you're carrying him, you're only gonna be able to move up to ten. Got it. Got it. Where, what would you like to do? Um, I would like to put us behind a a one of the other graves. Yeah. Perfect. Uh, let's see here. Uh, pick him up, and you can get a little bit further, but a little bit of distance, but not too much. Henry, since you were moved out of the uh, out of the melee range, you are going to be taking an opportunity attack from this skeleton. I pull my who, shield up in front of my face. In lieu of his, uh, and rather than a short bow, he's going to use his uh, short sword with a fifteen to hit. That does not hit. With an eighteen armor class, Henry just bounces uh, it off the uh, sword. I am stout and I am little <laughs> and I am hard to hit. And you're hard. All right, <laughs> and I'm rock hard. <laughs> BJ, uh, it is still your turn, so you've used your movement. Okay. You can also you also have an action and a bonus action. Okay. So actions, uh, those are usually like things like casting spells. If you look at your spell list on your mm-hmm. sheet. Anything that has an A in the uh, time column costs an action to cast. There are some things you can do as a bonus action uh, that can help out uh, other things. And this, I think it is, yeah. So if you look at your bard features uh, Mm -hmm. under bardic inspiration, um, that is something that would uh, be used as a bonus action, right? You can inspire others through stirring words or music. You basically give uh, someone like a a D6, a six-sided die buff, uh, by expending this um, this this feature. Interesting. And I can do that once per turn? Or once per that... turn, yeah. So e- each turn is made up of movement, action, and bonus action. You can use do it in any order, like move 10 feet, attack as an action, move 10 feet, bonus action, bardic inspiration, finish 10 feet like behind the, mm, the, the okay. tree. Yeah, so there's a little, little tactics there that you can think about. So what are you thinking for... You still have an action and a bonus action, and you do have... A dude in your hands. So your and the hands bonus are like, action is from the bardic inspiration, or is that just separate? Oh, the the does it the bonus action have to be what's under the bardic inspiration? Correct. Okay. Yes. Yeah. So the things are categorized in the game already as action, bonus action. Okay. Mm-hmm. Okay. Etc. So okay. you can't use like an action spell as a bonus action. Correct. You can only use things that are like labeled as bonus action. I've got, we've got the one skeleton in front of us, mm-hmm. and then we've got a, a, there's another skeleton, and then the giant, the, like, actual corpse guy. Yeah, so there's a zombie and two skeletons. Zombie, two skeletons. Okay. I feel like maybe I would like to do something with Vicious Mockery. Yeah. Ooh, good choice. Great. Vicious Mockery at the skeleton nearest you. Perfect. Uh, so, so this is a cantrip. It's not going to consume anything. Uh, it, it will be an action. Uh, so you unleash a string of insults laced with subtle enchantments at a creature you can see within range. Uh, so it is going to make a wisdom saving throw. So if you look at the hit DC column, you see that it says whiz 13. Okay. That skeleton is going to have to roll a 13 or higher. Uh, and if it rolls 13 or higher, it isn't affected by your spell. Uh, but if it rolls lower than that, uh, it will be affected. Okay. And okay. it rolls a four. So okay. uh, what, 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 what's the vicious mockery? What, what do you say to this guy? I call him Funky Bones. Um, which is the f- the first words that I have spoken in um Henry's presence. I feel like that is like the first thing I say. Um, 
because I'm trying to make, I'm mocking him, but I'm also trying to make light of the situation because I um, I feel like use humor as a defense. Yes, yeah, therapy. and emotionally. Yeah. Therapy, <laughs> D&D therapy. It's happening. We're here. And so um, I'm both mocking him, but I'm also trying to make uh, light of the situation by, um, yeah, calling him Funky Bones and um, maybe saying that uh, that no one's ever really loved him. And that also probably is coming from a personal place, but on the defense. Yeah. Nice. Go ahead and roll damage for that attack. That was brutal. Um, So if you go to your vicious mockery uh, row, go all the way to the end where it says effect, you'll see 1d4 there in bold. So you can just click on that. Boom. You do one point of damage to the skeleton. Incredible. Nice. But they also have disadvantage, I believe, on their attacks moving forward. Double or something like that. There's a there's a secondary. If the target effect. can hear you, though it need not understand you, it must succeed on a wisdom saving throw and have disadvantage on the next attack roll it makes before the end of its next turn. Okay. So that means that when if this skeleton makes another attack on its turn again, uh, it is going to roll twice to hit, mm-hmm. and it's going to take the lower of the two. So you've just imposed disadvantage on the skeleton okay. with the spell. Very, very, very well done. Nice. This is fascinating. This is like literally it. This is the game. game. You're doing it. We're playing it. We're doing it. (laughs) You do have still uh, bardic inspiration. You do have a bonus action at your disposal if you would like to use it. Uh, This would give um, a creature uh, a D6 die that you choose, um, and they can add that D6 value to whatever they roll. So if Michael rolls to hit and he misses, but you've already inspired him, he can roll a D6 and uh, that might push him over the edge to like actually make that hit. You don't have to use this this turn. You don't have to use all of your movement or all of your action. I mean, if I can, I feel like I would look at the, the little dude in my arms and be yeah. like, <laughs> uh, we'll, make some kind of joke about um, come here often. Yeah. <laughs> all right, yeah. So come here often woven together with the magic of your uh, bardic traditions. Uh, <laughs> it is going to consume one of those, so you get two more of those before the end of the day. Uh, to to do those, uh, but yeah, you can you now have a D six um, um, nice. Henry, uh, and you can use that on uh, ability checks, attack rolls, or saving throws. Okay, awesome. Yeah, I come here all the time to pay respects to my family. <laughs> yeah, I come here all the time, and I, he feels like hard. Like I know where I am. <laughs> You see him like puff up a little bit as the zombie begins to shuffle outside of the thing, and you see splayed across its chest is the time-honored insignia of the Craigfords. Oh, great uncle Myra, you're not looking so good. Great uncle Myra is making a beeline towards you, Henry, as he tries to slam into you with his uh, zombie arms. With a 16 to hit, it glances off your shield. That's also emblazoned with the Craigford coat of arms. The zombie. Not Furt on Furt violence. Yeah, Craigford on Craigford violence. Yeah. Uh, speaking of, we go now to our resident Craigford uh, or living Craigford. Uh-huh. Uh, what would you like to do? I think uh, I'm going to sort of shuffle out of uh, my friends, my new friend's arms mm-hmm. so I can get my feet firmly planted. Perfect. And I'll do a hiya and I'll slash out with my sword. Nice. That's going to be uh, 13. 13 hits. Go ahead and roll damage. Nice. It's going to be nine points of piercing damage for max damage. Nice. I'm at- aiming right for the heart at the at great uncle Myra. You stab great uncle Myra straight through the chest. And he like kind of shoves himself deeper onto the blade before you like oh, no. pull it out once more. Uh, maggots and black 
bile is like coating the steel of your of your blade. Oh, oh no. Anything else with your turn, Henry? I'm just gonna dig my heels into the earth and be ready. Yeah. Uh, uh, the next uh, one up is a skeleton, and this is the other other skeleton in the mausoleum who's gonna start shuffling out. You see that this one is uh, uh, dressed in this like decayed pink dress, and she's wearing this like really tall powdered wig uh, that's like replete with like spiders and other like beetles mm-hmm. and maggots. Uh, as she is going to let's see go fifteen feet and take a swing at our dear friend BJ Banjo. Uh, equipped, this aristocratic skeleton equipped with a short sword is going to take a swipe <laughs> at you. With a 12 to hit, uh, that meets your armor class of 12 and beats it for three points of piercing damage. For our listeners, you may be hearing our dungeon dog whining a little bit in the background. She really wants to play She's with so us. sad. I just got hit. I know. She's <laughs> so like, sad. No. We go now back to the top of the order as the skeleton with the uh, short sword uh, the first skeleton y'all encountered also closes in around y'all, comes around to the right of Henry here, and is going to come with a short sword attack. That is a bastard 20 to hit. Oh, you okay. take six points of piercing Ooh, damage. That's going to hurt. BJ Banjo, you are on deck. What would you like to do now? Okay. I would like to, if it's possible, blow my tuba so hard that the sound waves, if I have that ability, push them back a little bit. So yeah, so that's where we get into something that is a little bit outside of the purview of what the character can do. Okay. Uh, definitely, again, like the tuba is the, the where you channel your uh, abilities Ooh. forward. You could take the shove action mm-hmm. uh, and we can just flavor it as the uh, tuba doing the shoving. Mm-hmm. But essentially a shove in 5e is, let me pull up the rule here. If you use, uh, if you're t- using the attack action, you can shove a creature uh, to knock it prone or push it away from you. Okay. Um, instead of making an attack roll, you make an athletics check contested by the target's athletics check or acrobatics check. I get to pick. Um, and then if you win, if you roll higher than it, then the then the zombies pushed uh, five feet back. You want to do it like that? Hmm. It'll give you temporary replete, but it will also consume your entire right, action. Right. Right. Then maybe instead of the tuba, I need to reach down into my whole body and blow out some lightning. I yeah. think that's a great idea. <laughs> You're gonna come, come uh, to and, play. And because it's a breath weapon, if you move a bit, you might be able to get more than one of them. Yeah. So mm-hmm. actually, I'm gonna make a token here for your uh, for your breath weapon. Am I tall enough that I can breathe over you and it won't hit you? Canonically, possibly. <laughs> That's but a, I think I think it depends on if you like take up the same space that I'm in, mm-hmm. then you could do that. But if I'm like a space away from you, mm-hmm. it's, it, it's, they say it's like a cone coming out, so I'd have to be like right under you mm-hmm. to yeah. not be hit by your breath weapon. So that is what your breath weapon looks like. This uh, rectangle. Mm, okay. It will if you aim it at. Uh, towards zombie one and two, uh, Henry is also going to be taking damage because he is in that line of fire. That's why I roll that. You could move yourself and reposition your character around and try to get another angle. You could also just focus on this one guy and uh, like just pour it all into him. Well, if I can move... Yeah, yeah. Where would you like to move? I would like to... Now, for my visuals, Mm -hmm. um, as a dragonborn, can I fly? 
No, not even a short, like a hop, and I can just like hop and glide. That's not. Uh. No, no, they don't. Got the wings, wings are no non-functional. You think I'm just like a lizard person? No, you're basically wings? like a lizard person. Yeah. yeah. The idea is that can I get wings later in life? Like if I reach a dragon state, yeah. like does, we okay, can, we can make that part of the quest for like higher levels and stuff. Yeah, yeah. If you're like I want to become like, a full blown blown dragon yeah. yeah there's also like magic items that like uh, like winging boots you could find okay okay um then i think i would like to i can go 30 feet yeah you can move up to 30 feet and you have like one skeleton to your right uh like to your immediate left is henry and two zombies and the zombie and the skeleton that are flanking him if i'm able to get behind enough to you're so close to me you do it like I am. over here Go over there. Yeah, yeah right, go, to, go to the right of the yeah. leap on that, that yeah. big. I think that'll give me some height. Yeah. I'll hop on top of that. Perfect. And I'm going to lightning down from above. Oh yeah. yeah. And you can get like just two straight a zombie and a skeleton to that. Perfect. Yep. Yeah. So you, you kind of position yourself around uh one of the skeleton, careful not to leave his melee range to not provoke an opportunity attack. Mm. And you open your mouth, lightning crackles between your white teeth, as a streak of lightning shoots out. Um so now that every everyone in this line is gonna make a dexterity saving throw. Nice. Uh so let's see, the zombie rolled. A nat 20. Zombie? What is that? <laughs> nat 20. He is only going to take half damage from that uh, because of the. Why was that so from... sexual? That came out of nowhere. You know. Uh, that's now... just our nat. Every time you roll a nat 20. Gotta make, so it's gotta pretty make it hot when you're rolling that 20. Yeah. So now the skeleton is also going to make that same dexterity saving throw, and he rolled an 11. Could you tell me the spell save DC, or the, the save DC for your breath weapon? The DC is 11 there. Yeah, so that means uh, both the skeleton and the zombie succeeded, so they're only going to take half damage from your breath weapon. Okay. So you go ahead and hit that 2d6 that's in parentheses. Perfect. Seven points of damage. So half of that, we're going to round that down to three points of damage for the skeleton. Three points for the zombie. And that does consume your breath weapon for for the day. So that your breath weapon is consumed. So you can check off the little bubble in your character sheet just to remind yourself that that has been consumed uh, until the next dawn. Um, Great. Uh, Anything else with your turn? Um, Let's see. You've used like 10 feet of movement, like Breath work, but I could do it. It's my breath. Um, does that count as an action? That does count as an action. Makes sense. Makes sense. Um, and they only took a little bit of damage. How much how, do I have more feet left? Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. You have twenty feet of movement left. Then I'd like to get myself closer to the mausoleum. I feel closer like there's something. Yeah, like inside happening. or like around the side here. Um, I kind of want to be to see if there's anything. Is the green light? Are, are is there any green light in the, any of the creatures? Uh, you can see that there's like kind of a dull green spark behind the eyes of the zombie and like then I want to look into the mausoleum to see if there's like something that I can destroy to turn them off move your character here uh, and you will take an opportunity attack from the skeleton okay since you left its melee range uh, and it is going to take a bastard 20 hit on you with three points of damage so go ahead and uh, subtract three points from your HP are you doing there I'm at six. Okay. All right. Okay. Where are you at, Henry? I'm at 10. No, I'm at seven. So I could be doing better. <laughs> All right. So you walked over to the mausoleum looking through the broken uh, mausoleum door. You can see that the green light uh, is almost like 
luminescent fog that is mm. seeping out of the ground. Mm-hmm. And the fog that is hanging in the air is what's giving this green glow. Mm. You can see that this fog is uh, like kind of just like wisping like out of the ground and like coating like the, the ground around it. And the little bits of the grass that are around the mausoleum, the grass is already starting to turn brown and decay a little bit. Okay. Okay. Mm. Great. Uh, anything else with your turn? I don't believe so. Perfect. Let's pass it over to Henry. Who I've left oh, completely alone. Surrounded by three, uh, three enemies. <laughs> um, I think I'm going to look up at Great Uncle Myra. Just go, I'm so sorry. And I'm going to try to cut his head off. All right, roll to hit. All right, let's see if I can do this. Please hit. 11. That hits. Oh. <laughs> and that's going to be six points of piercing damage. Six points of piercing damage. Perfect. Uh, you managed to... Like nearly headless, uh, <laughs> nearly headless, great nearly uncle Myra. Myra. <laughs> yeah, she, like you, like cut, like like from her, like a uh, trachea, like off. So she's just missing a chunk of neck, and her head's like kind of like wobbling on her rotted shoulders. I'm gonna just like dig my heels deeper into the ground mm-hmm. after like uh, just missing that, and just like take some deep breaths and still myself. I'm gonna bonus action use second wind to regain one d ten plus one uh, health points. Nice. It's going to be seven. Brings you up to max? It brings me up to max. Nice. So now I am at full health. Let's pass it over to uh, the skeleton here. So this one skeleton that's flanking you, he is going to come here and he's going to do a short sword dirty business with a bastard 20, Ugh. sinking into your thigh his rusty blade for four points of piercing damage. We pass turn. You're on deck. Oh, we, uh, go to the other skeleton with a short sword. It's going to dig, try to dig it into your thigh, onto your other thigh. With a nine to hit, you're able to parry it away with your uh, shield. As we go now to BJ, Banjo, Banjo, what would you like to do? So... Besides the green mist glowing, there's nothing in the mausoleum that is like... You see like two broken like sarcophagi mm-hmm. uh, and you see like uh, there are uh, four more uh, and you can hear that kung, 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 mm. kung. something's like pounding underneath them. Oh. Is there a door to this mausoleum? There's the one door that you are looking in through, uh, and then there are no other doors. They're like tiny, like little windows, but like no bigger than like the fantasy equivalent of a football. Okay. Okay. Mm-hmm. I could close the door. There's more in there. The door is broken. They broke through the door mm. at the beginning. Naughty, naughty <laughs> corpses. <laughs> Let's see. Okay. I think I'm going to, oh shit, oh shit, oh shit, to try to go help. They're gonna come, but we need to get out of here. And yeah. so, let me come for this. I think I can finish off the head of the zombie. Yeah, yeah, go for it. Um, with my little, <laughs> I think I have a. You could go for a vicious mockery, or you also have a rapier and a dagger uh, that you could attack with if you're trying to get in there with your webs. Um, with my weapon, that also counts as the action, right? Yes. So I could only yeah. do Attacking one of those. Okay. Though, uh, like, there are some weapons uh, where you can like kind of do. Wield, dual wield them mm-hmm. so the rapier would be in your primary hand and then the, a dagger could be in your offhand mm-hmm. and then you can also attack with your offhand as a bonus action um, if you would like so then you could get basic essentially two attacks okay in one turn i think that's what i'd like to do paint the picture of me for uncle moira yeah Moira's yeah he, he's like he's, he's like dressed in these like aristocratic threads. where's his head like how close is it to oh like 
slivers. He We're, is okay. on like tendons and a little bit of vertebrae. Okay. Then I think I would like to run slash leap on, on the zombie. Yeah. Mm-hmm. To one hand, try to pull the head off. Yeah. While trying to defend against, which one is, what can I reach? Well, in, in this context, too, like, uh, going for the straight attack, you don't have to worry about him attacking you right now, but, like, if you wanted to kind of flavor... I think if I can flail to get, if they're close enough, to try to head for one, sword for the uh, yeah, for another. Yeah, I love that. Uh, which one would you like to attack with which? Uh, which um, one? I think I can get the... Is the other skeleton has something in your leg right now, right? Yeah, they both, it, like, stuck. Yeah. They, like, stabbed them. Well, then let me grab um, the one, the, the Victorianly dressed skeleton. Yes, yeah. yes. Let me try to, um, yeah, let me try to get her. Okay, great. Roll to hit uh, with either your rapier or your uh, dagger. 16 to hit with your rapier. That connects. Go ahead and roll damage on the skeleton. Nine piercing damage. You... <sighs> You like run this skeleton through, yeah. uh, like you just like essentially like cut through its like aristocratic dress, uh, and the like pearls all, there are please be yeah the, the pearls the, my mother's pearls scattered everywhere, uh yeah and those are like kind of scattered on the ground right now. This skeleton is not looking good. You've managed to like one of her arms has fallen off, mm-hmm. like all of her ribs are like on the ground. Her pearls are uh, uh scattered, uh still standing. Now you could do your second attack if you're if you're gonna go with the dagger. You can focus it in on this one you've already damaged, or you can pivot and uh, attack uh, Great Uncle. Pivot Ma- for Ma- the head. All right, roll to hit on Great Uncle uh, Moira. Twenty four hits. Nice. Go ahead and roll damage that D four for only one point of damage. Uh, Uncle Myra's head is still uh, standing. Oh, God damn it! No, you like, have strong genes. <laughs> We go now to uh, Uncle Myra himself, who is going to pivot towards you and is going to slam you with his rotting arms. With a four to hit, you're able to like kind of deflect it with your tuba. Uh, with that, we go past her now to Henry. I've always said a great Uncle Myra is good at keeping his head. <laughs> He's a level head. <laughs> He's level headed. Uh, great. I think I've got to get rid of great Uncle Myra. I feel like that's what I have to do. I don't want to drop my shield, though, because it's to do like the two attacks thing um you could attack with your shield oh i can yeah oh i can okay then i'm gonna um attack great uncle myra with my short sword i'm just trying to get that last little piece of flesh (laughs) that's holding his head on for 13 13 hits yeah that's gonna be seven points of piercing damage how do you finish off uh great uncle myra yeah i think i think i just kind of sort of thread the tip of my sword mm-hmm. into where his neck used to be and just kind of get it right up against yeah. the, the last dangly bit of skin <laughs> and just, <laughs> just, just just snip it. He and collapses yeah. as the last little thread of flesh connecting his head to his torso uh, goes down. You also see oh wait if damage reduces the zombie to zero hit points, it must make a constitution saving throw with a DC of five plus the damage taken. So seven plus five is 12. Constitution, if it beats 12... Oh, nope, it's dead. Okay. Uh, with the <laughs> so undead it has a chance point, to stay up. Yeah, it right? has a chance to stay up at one HP, but no, uh, he is dead. Nice. Bye, Uncle. Uh, and then I think, like, as I finally have 
killed that one. I'm going to turn to the one uh, next to me, flanking me on my left, and just try to bash it with my shield. The one on your left? Yeah. Awesome. Roll to hit. That is going to be only a five to hit. It's going to miss. Mm. Oh, I'm going to use Bardic Inspiration to add a D6. It's going to be plus three, five, six, seven, eight to hit. Eight meets and beats. <gasps> Wait, Does it really? Wait, on the skeleton? Nope, never mind. Sorry. I was going to say, oh. that's pretty low to hit. Oh, yeah. I, I was looking at his at his passive perception on accident. Oh, okay. Uh, no, that is not going to hit <sighs> the skeleton, unfortunately. Well, it was worth a shot. With that. You got, you got Myra. I got Myra. We go to the aristocratic skeleton in the, <laughs> uh, in the uh, powdered wig. Uh, she raises uh, the short sword uh, towards you, BJ, mm-hmm. uh, with a 16 to hit, which Ooh. beats your armor class of 12 uh, and connects for four points of piercing damage. Subtract oh, four oh, HP geez. from yourself. BJ. How close are you? Do you have any way to heal yourself? I do. I do. We have uh, the other skeleton. Uh, this one is uh, a little dustier looking. Uh, the one to um to left is going to attack with a short sword. Six to hit. It is going to miss. BJ. <laughs> up thank god okay first of all gotta cure my wounds and 11 points of healing so you got your, your nice. hp goes up by 11 even if i don't have that many it would just go to the max and got it, it, got it, got it, got it, got it. okay thank god now that i <laughs> so that was your action to cure wounds as uh how, how, how does that look like uh do you like sing yourself a song like this um, is just flavor i feel like there is something about my scales that i have to like yeah. Yeah, there's some that. scale thing. Maybe it's like uh, buttons, like scales. Like if you like, yeah, if I touch all my scales in the right places, they like grow back. Oh, I love that. I love that. Awesome. Yeah, you are back up at full HP. Um, you do still have a bonus action. Uh, if you would like to use it, you can uh, either bardically inspire once more, or you could take an offhand attack with your dagger. Um, I would love to do that offhand attack with my dagger. Yeah, and there's one skeleton right next to you that's between you and uh, Henry, so that, that'd make an optimal uh, target. Great. Should I? Yep. This Plus one? five on the dagger. Uh, right, 14 to hit connects. Go ahead and roll damage. Two points of piercing damage. Uh, can you tell me how you kill the skeleton? <gasps> I get to kill the you skeleton? Get yeah, to kill it's dead. it. Okay. Right, it's well, zero. Um, I take the wig off, first of all. Mm, snatch that wig. Yeah, I snatch her fucking wig. <laughs> and then I take the bodice, rip the bodice, but yeah. the bodice is connected to the ribs. Yeah. And so it ends up just ripping the whole, like, cavity apart. Mm. <laughs> mm. Lord, cavity. Good, good. <laughs> just good cavity word. is gone. And they, then the structural integrity of this Victorian skeleton it can't. Yeah. Literally can't stand up. Yeah. yeah. I love that. That skeleton is dead. Um, Can I put on the wig? Yeah, yeah, yeah um, for sure. Free action. Put on the wig. <laughs> you now have like like a, a cobwebby, musty, <laughs> white powdered wig on your head. Incredible. Uh, great. Um, I think that's the end of your turn unless you wanted to move anywhere. But... Um, I'd love to be... I'd love to run back to the in front of the mausoleum. Yeah, perfect. You are the, right there. Uh, you can still hear the banging coming from the other uh, coffins. Mm-hmm. Uh, we go now to Henry and one uh, skeleton facing off against you. Yeah, now I'm feeling pretty emboldened. I'm going to face <laughs> off against the skeleton. First, I'm going to bash it with my shield offhanded. This is going to be 12 to hit. 12 is going to hit. For one point of damage. Woo. I'm going to use that to open it up so I can really stab it in the chest. And that's going to be 16 to hit. Hits. 
and four points of piercing damage. Hits. Oh, I might still have to hit this thing <laughs> some more. Oh yeah, this is like you. It, it's gotten first blood. Uh, yeah. It hasn't gotten touched um, until now. <laughs> I'm just like, ah. Mm-hmm. All right, we go back to the top of the order uh, to the skeleton facing off against you, uh, Henry, as he readies a short sword attack and brings it down on your throat with an 18 to hit that meets and beats your armor class as you go and you get cut like like right under the chin for five points of piercing damage. That is heavy. Okay. All right, VJ, it's now your turn. Is there anything... Has there been any developments in the mausoleum? They are still struggling against the restraints. The, you can see that the fog isn't like coming out as thick mm-hmm. now from the ground, but it's still kind of seeping, leaking out of the uh, it's grave earth. I think I want to try to um, get the skeleton's attention away yeah. from Henry. So I'd like to um, viciously mock it again. Perfect. Nice. Skeleton is going to roll a wisdom saving throw. He rolled a 10, so he's going to take that full damage. What was your vicious mockery? If, if I insinuate that my dog would, wouldn't even like you kind of thing, but is that messy if they're humanoid-like? or like There's no dog-like creatures, right? That's not like a weird... No, not there, saying anything. there's like rabbit people. Okay, great. Uh, I'm like, like, we, I like, you know, in the world, is that would that have any racist connotations towards dog-like creatures? No, no. no there, I, I, there's like, <laughs> there are gnolls that are like hyena creatures, but those are like categorically Okay, okay, okay. People. I didn't want to be like offensive. No, 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 dog-like no. Yeah, that's fair. That's fair. I dig it. Um, but yeah, I want to insinuate that. Um, like my dog wouldn't even chew on your bones. Yeah. Yeah, yeah roll your damage. Ooh, full damage. There we go. Oh, Four yeah. points. Uh, as this skeleton uh, is still standing, but it like clutches his ears a little bit, mm-hmm. kind of like mm-hmm. you can see. It doesn't have eyes, but you can kind of see like a little bit of dirt comes out of one of Incredible. the sockets. <laughs> Incredible. Uh, um, I still have like a. Could I? That was my like main action. Yeah. Could I come over and just push it? That would be an action that as well. Action Shoving okay. is an action. What? And so if you it's offhanded use though, what does that mean? Bardic inspiration too. You've got more bardic inspiration. Bardic inspiration mm-hmm. would be a bonus action. Offhand weapon. That's just a way for like saying you're like attacking with your non-dominant hand. Okay. Okay. So um, you can see that like when you do that, you don't add uh, any modifiers to your damage roll. Like if you look at your character sheet, you mm-hmm. see that your rapier has one d8 plus three because it's on your uh, primary hand, mm-hmm. uh, whereas the dagger has one d4. Uh, but whether or not, like, depending on what hand it's equipped, it gets that plus three or not. Interesting. Uh, so, Interesting. Okay. So, yeah. So, the dagger, you can make an offhand dagger attack as a bonus action for 1d4 damage if you connect. You can also throw it from Let where you're Let me throw at. it because yeah. I don't want to leave where I'm Perfect. at. Perfect. Yeah. Uh, go ahead and roll to hit. 23 to hit. Amazing. <laughs> go ahead and roll damage. Oh, please be more than one. Two. We'll Two. <laughs> That is what I asked for. (laughs) This skeleton is uh, not looking too good. Mm -hmm. He is like, you you managed to just like sink the the blade up to the hilt in the back of its cranium. Nice. Uh, As we pass turn now to Henry. What's your health hat? How are Uh, you doing? It's pretty low. Uh, But Henry's going to do sort of the same sort of martial move of like batting and stabbing. It's his go to. Um, And just be (laughs) like. You're not supposed to be awake. And uh, we'll make these attacks. Uh, Shield to hit is going to be 17. 17 hits. For two points of damage. How would you like the skeleton to crumple? I think I like catch the edge of the shield on the lip of its of his jaw and just like bop his head off. (laughs) It just kind of rolls. Yeah. (laughs) 
And then the rest of his body kind of crumples <laughs> as, his, as his head rolls down the hill. And I'm like, <sighs> oh, we did it. Oh, my God. Yeah. Oh, you guys wow. are now out of combat. What would you like to do? Hi, I'm Henry Craigford. I, I feel like... Um, the fourth. Mm, I'm going to call you Craig Forth. Craig Forth? Craig Forth. Craig Forth. Yeah, nice okay. to meet you. It's Beach. Beach? Mm-hmm. I can call you Beach? Call me Beach, BJ. Nice. Um, What's happening in there? Um, It doesn't look good. You hear more banging. Gun, gun, gun. Okay. We, we have might to go. need some help. Yeah. Are you okay? Um, I've been better. Yeah. I'm can a I hurt? Can I heal him? Yeah, you can. You have one more spell slot to cast cure wounds with. Let me help you out with that. Yeah, yeah. I'm just bleeding from my leg and my other <laughs> leg and my neck. I think is bleeding. So I'm a, I'm check yeah. cast it. Yeah, yeah, cast it. My mom. My mom just got me this undershirt too. She's gonna be yep. upset. <laughs> uh, well, let me seven you. points of healing oh, goes nice. your way. That maybe maybe almost beach, you like toot on your banjo a little bit. This sweet dulcet song. It's like, a tuba, thank you. Sorry, tuba. Name I, 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 is banjo. The name is banjo. The instrument is tuba. Uh, great. Boom, yeah, you boom, guys are patched boom, up. Boom, ah. <laughs> you hear more of boom, boom. Yeah, let's um, you know, I might. Let's, let's go. go. Yeah, let's, let's go. go talk let's to the go. head of the watch. And I'll start puttering off towards the village. As you guys putter off out of the graveyard and towards the village, you hear (laughs) coming back from the distance in the mausoleum. And that is where we're going to end it for today. Oh my god! Yeah! Congrats! You you dungeoned and dragoned. Well, we mausoleum and zombied. All right. Well, we are now on the other side of that fun adventure. Uh, Bailey, we're so happy we were able to pop your D&D cherry. Yay! Long time coming. I would love, uh, this is the part of the podcast where we really talk about what we just uh, experienced and kind of how we can do it better, how it can fit into other people's games and like any other inspirations we uh, came from it. So I guess just off the top, like Bailey, what, what was your experience with that session zero and that like little mini combat? Well, first of all, um, thrilled. So excited to have that actually happen. I think the thing that I was nervous about um, is something that I can work on. And that is the, I have a lot of impatience for um, not being fast enough, just as a human being when mm-hmm. I'm like, well, why don't I automatically know this? And so the the buildup of each turn is something that I want to like go look at on my own and be like, okay, what does this like the the D and the the like the numbers and the letters and all the words and the jargon I feel like that's the thing yeah. that I'm like yeah uh, the, the game itself like the fantasy idea incredible so much fun to like play with that it's just a like I would I feel bad about not um, being a smoother player and mm-hmm. I know that is exactly what this is for um, but it is something that has also I think prevented me from in the past like joining in because I didn't want to slow down anybody who yeah. like already knows all the words and be like I just said it again yeah. I'm so sorry I don't well I will say I do think that's what's really cool about like shard and D&D Beyond um, mm-hmm. but they're like platforms that you can use to create a character that's what we create our character on today with shard tabletop and it helps with like making die rolls easier and kind of figuring out like oh this thing I can just push that button and then I know what it is mm-hmm. um Yes, there. Like, if that is something uh, that you're fearing for listening and viewing audience, <laughs> there are a lot of uh, tools you can use to make those hurdles a little bit smaller. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And then the other thing too is just like D and D is so much fun, and everyone wants more people to play. So yeah. I think you're always in 
good company as a new player of people going, yeah, oh, I played like a rogue. I know what rogues can do. Or I played a bard. Yeah. Uh, as someone who came in, my first time ex- was like, I want to play a druid, like high magic, a lot of spells. And that can be fun, but that also can be really hard because you have so many spells to yeah. figure out, which bards are nice because they're a bit of a mix of both. It's a lot more improv than I was expecting in terms of the character building of interpersonal character relationships, too. Yeah. It's yeah. very fun. I was not, I guess that's not something I thought about um, that you get to do in this game. Like, oh, yeah. Which maybe that's my favorite is the thing. game. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, it's uh, it's all about like role playing and then rolling to play. It's really. I'll be honest. That's the first time I've heard that. (laughs) (laughs) That's good. But that's one thing that like I think like you're touching on something that a lot of people feels like it is like a bit like of a lot up front, Mm -hmm. like building a character. Oh my god, all these races. Oh my god, all these classes. Oh my god, all these spells. Oh my god, like what happens in each turn, which I think is like one thing that's helpful, especially for like someone that's brand new, is like just starting at level one. Yeah. Like grow with it. Like this might yeah. not be the campaign that we play for like 20 years or whatever, but like this is the campaign. It felt a like, little less, oh my God, and a little more like um uh sea legs kind of like can I yeah. Can yeah. I <laughs> Hello? Like <laughs> a yeah. little more just like unsure footing. Um because I think you got I mean, I will say that's a testament to you. I felt very um you did build up the world. Like that was not something that I felt lost in any of the world building ideas mm-hmm. and so yeah. that i felt very comfortable in that idea it was just more like let me push my what are my boundaries um of like actual limitations of character and that yeah. is a fun yeah. exploration of that i think it's really fun to uh, i'm not sure if there's really a way to avoid that like sea legs feeling yeah. of like this going to take some time to adjust to but i think it's fun especially with like backgrounds and figuring out like your character creating as much of that like in the moment i think is fun and sort of building it as you go mm-hmm. i've also created characters where I've written like huge backstories and then I get into it and I just find that like because a lot of that is just something I've written and sharing it with the DM can help and to bring that stuff into mm. the game and, and like fleshing it out as you go mm-hmm. I think tends to create more opportunities you know like yeah. making Henry Craig for uh be like oh i live here in the village and like i'm just a nice guy who is like oh what's up are you okay Mm -hmm. was really fun and just like my whole backstory came out of that Mm -hmm. um and one thing that i i like to do with players and we sort of did this organically Mm -hmm. was create like other npcs that your character knows um and like you did that with your band mates and i did it with like the Craigford line. <laughs> um, but I, th- you know, something that I have done in the, as a DM before is be like, who's like one like friend or ally and who's one like enemy or someone yeah. you don't like. Yeah. Um, yeah. Just uh, thoughts for other people. But, you know, we sort of had that in our heads as like, we kind of know why we're here and where we came from mm-hmm. and what, you know, what we're looking for. From a DMing point of view, too, it was also, like, very helpful, like, knowing that there was a band, and it would just happen, like, in the moment, where it was that first thought, best thought, mm-hmm. like, you got first left behind by your band, and yeah. it's like, boom, man, that's awesome, like, that gives me some stuff to play off of, maybe there are other yeah. bands that are, mu- are performers that roll through here, the fact that, like, the Craigfords are uh, 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 people that have been in Craigfords <laughs> since it was yeah. founded in the Craig, uh, is it's just great stuff that I wouldn't have thought of like on my own. I had these like building blocks, right? I have this like big scope thing, mm-hmm. but like I think there's a lot of DMs can free themselves from this idea of like, 
I need to have like this complete world where I know every street and alley and mm-hmm. town uh, before we even get started. It's like, no, I'd like go off of an idea. Like I, mm-hmm. I, this is a homebrew world that I've been building just through like playing uh, over the past two years. But like, I don't know everything about it. Like I, I made up Craigfurt like two days ago. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Like th- this, this was new stuff that is fleshing out the world. And now like you guys have stakes in it. Cause you got abandoned in Craigfurt. Mm-hmm. Your whole line. Hey, a band. And yeah. Band. <laughs> That's your a first single. That's your first single. Um, yeah. And I think that's so cool. I mean, something that you had brought up, I think while we were playing, or maybe this was even before we went into the lab was, mm-hmm. um, Oh, I'm here to like go along with the DMS story. And I think that's mm-hmm. a fear that I, I remember my first time playing. I was like, I, I was playing it like you would play Skyrim of like, I want to go look at that thing. I want to go look at this thing. I want to search that thing. I'm going to pick up that thing. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's more like more of a, like storytelling, collaborative storytelling. And mm-hmm. the more that you can give the DM, both as a player and a DM, I found that to be helpful of like, yeah. here's something you can play with that we can like share. What a and fun muscle. I feel like I've never flexed that sort of specific that group world building. That is really interesting. Yeah. Yeah. What is like we had like that whole like preamble right before we actually like played D and D the mm-hmm. whole like, session zero of it super was, helpful <laughs> yeah I, I, that was what I was wondering is like what's something you found helpful what's something maybe you wish we'd touched on more overall that was um I mean that felt more of the popping the cherry than the game playing a little bit to me just because I was like okay this is um more specific than I anticipated I think in my purview of what character creation has been before is more of like a video game start thing where you just kind of rifle through you know it's like you're a picture like the in third screen where you're like getting a top bottom and like (laughs) all the things in the middle um and this was much more um in depth and I really wasn't quite anticipating that and so I it was I feel half excited about this idea of having a character that came out of literal just um, back to first thought, best thought, but also I think um, that excites me for an idea of a campaign when you're like, okay, I, I know what those things are. And so I'm not picking based on, well, this looks good to me and a little bit more. Um, if you have combination A plus B, that will give you a different kind of outcome of just not a character and also just ability and just all of that. I think you had, you had talked about that when it was like, oh, well, you probably have the charisma. And so um, you focused on other things, just like BJ is like a, yeah, just trying to flesh out like character. Like I like filling in gaps in the parties sometimes yeah. of like, Oh, we've got, you know, a bard who's going to be probably the face, high charisma, this type of stuff. So I thought I'll about go... that 0%. Yeah. <laughs> which is good. Like, I think that's, especially as a first time player, I was just like, what do I want to do? And mm-hmm. what do I feel like excites me for me? I like kind of filling in, like if no one else has, intelligence or wisdom i might go into that mm-hmm. or you know kind of playing to flesh out like the what yeah. the party like needs the yeah 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 you know and also knowing that like well charisma just means i may be not the most persuasive it doesn't mean that i can't like talk a lot yeah <laughs> that's true yeah. um and but kind of figuring out some of those things and, but it makes me think like immediately for me thinking of that of like oh you know i come from like a long line of Craigford. So my first instinct is like, oh, well, maybe I am pretty charismatic. Mm-hmm. But then I'm like, well, if especially because I'm thinking you're going to be very charismatic. I'm like, well, what does that look like if I'm not? Oh, well, maybe I'm just like kind of privileged and used to getting 
what I need or want. Mm-hmm. So I'm That's not very cool. good at actually like persuading people. I'm just like in my small town, it was good enough. But now, like in the big world, I'm just feel out of like a fish out of sea. Like assume mm-hmm. That's picturing a really like as character. we evolve. That's and really it's interesting, cool. like these numbers and how they reflect story. I think that's, that's what's what I think that's fun. a little disconnect still about the numbers and how much they relate to each category. Mm-hmm. Um, is everything out of 20? So in D20, the D20 is going to be like your bread and butter, like die to roll. Okay. Um, that's what you roll to hit. That's what you roll to, you know, to try to do other things. That's the most common number you'll, I guess you'll come across. Okay. Usually, like we like uh, levels are capped officially at like level 20, right? So you go from one okay. level okay. one to level 20. Even you just giving us prompts before we started playing. I feel like that was helpful. I would almost suggest that as a DM and maybe tailoring it more for like prompts that you are excited. You are also excited about mm-hmm. in your campaign, things that you're planning to put in your campaign. But if you give those prompts to your players and see what they latch on to, yeah. I think that's a really interesting way to be like, ooh, this is what they want. Or that player specifically is into, you know, this undead thing that I'm building. Well, I maybe I'll, you know, maybe they should play a paladin then. Or maybe, like, mm-hmm. maybe I can suggest things to them or at least tease different, like, missions or different yeah. encounters to them specifically mm-hmm. because they've already expressed interest. So I thought that was really helpful. Like a thing that we did for this like test were I think would work really well mm-hmm. in uh, even just prompting your players to come up with ideas of, you know, things they're excited about. The categories that you sent us were expectations, mm-hmm. deal breakers, and desires. And we kind of went over like expectations a lot and like mm-hmm. things we're excited about, which I think fell into desires. The one thing that we maybe didn't cover as much were well, as explicitly, we're deal breakers, but uh, well, we still did. Yeah, we touched on <laughs> we it. We just but didn't I think, call like, it deal breakers. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, um, I mean, you've been at other tables before. Is there like yeah. other things that like weren't on this list that you like have come across or like have I think seen the, tackled in other session zeros? The big one, the big ones we covered. The one that I've come across in games that I played is like dealing with mind control when your character is like oh. being taken over by another entity. And I know for me as a player, it can be frustrating to lose agency yeah. over my play, sure, sure, like sure, my sure, character. Sure. And because it's like, well, I'm here to play a game. And then every time I'm trying to make a choice, you're telling me no, because I'm being controlled by something. Yeah. And I've like I've, under the effects of a spell or like a, yeah. Or yeah. Or like a, uh, yeah. Or yeah. Like a warlock or a creature that is like controlling you or inhibiting you from making things. Mm happen and i think that's a tricky thing to do as a dm because essentially you're saying like to a player like well you don't really get to play yeah give me your campaign and i'll play it for you Mm -hmm. yeah but i think it's like i know for me that's sort of a sort of a deal breaker i would say like if you're gonna do that then like make it interesting for me as well like have Mm a have a dream sequence that i'm in so it's not me not making choices at all but I'm making choices in a different environment or something yeah. like that. Uh, I was playing in a campaign with a friend of mine, uh, Shane, who's been on the podcast and his, I know character was taken over and he was just like getting to the point where he's like, I almost don't care about this character anymore. Cause I just can't mm. make these choices. Right. What were they like being controlled by? Like, uh, it was like this, like, I don't, we didn't really get to like uh, fully understanding the entity 
but it was like this god that was living in his brain. Oh wow! So it was like very like high <laughs> high concept concept, <laughs> yeah. and so it was it was challenging. But it was starting, but it also like affected all of our characters at different times. Yeah. And it was interesting because I I'm playing another campaign now, and there was an element that that of that coming back, and I was like, oh. Oh, I don't know if I like this because it's like this same my, DM, same world, or is this a different different DM, different world? But it, but similar like right. mind control. Yeah. Uh, really, I think just like loss of player agency yeah. is mm-hmm. what it comes down to, and that's like one thing for me that I wouldn't think is like a no go because story wise, I'm like, well, that's interesting. Yeah, absolutely. But when I'm thinking about like the fun time that I have with my friends every so often, oh, but then I don't get to make choices as yeah. my character. It's yeah. like, oh, that's lame. I like that question of player agency. There was a moment mm-hmm. when we were in the combat there where Bailey, you were like, I want to use my tuba to blast him back. Mm-hmm. And I, I, I always try to do like a no, but type of thing. Absolutely. Whenever there's things that like, like is goes against the rules or like, uh, doesn't like fit into like what's going on or like the, the, the way the game is set up. How did you feel when you had those moments where you found, I guess maybe more of like, uh, the edges of the game you like, I appreciate that. I like, uh, uh, I think that's where the throw it against the wall, see what sticks kind of mm-hmm. um, thing is fun to be like, well, okay, great. Then let me, let me come up with a different solution. I feel like uh, I haven't been in an environment in a while where you have to sort of, I don't know if I've ever been in a, this specific environment where it's like deal with the situation at hand um, and not knowing what you can and can't do. I think honestly provides a little bit more realism to this world. Cause there are, yeah. Uh, I could not probably blow a tuba and it blast, um, yeah. everyone back. But when there is magic finding that, um, I don't want to use boundary for magic. Cause I feel like boundary is for other things, but the limitations of yeah. magic and then that kind of, yeah. um, figuring out where those are and aren't, I think is part of the exploration of the world. So it felt, um, it felt totally good to be told no, because then it made me think of something else. Yeah. And I think for like a lot of like DMs too, when you, when you are coming up against those situations, it's like the way you say it, it goes a long way. If I just been like, no, you can't right, do that you with your chastise me for having the brilliant idea. of using It was tuba. a lovely idea. <laughs> it was yeah. so good. It's, it's the balancing of like t- in taking the idea and finding the best way to process it through the like, programming of the game i will say we what was interesting having a discussion with you guys before we actually played about boundaries and stuff um and then finding myself in a situation where it actually i think it's very important i did not expect those boundaries because i don't think i really understood the idea of if i am just coming up with things that is a weird sort of vulnerable like can i do this and being told Mm -hmm. no like depending on how you as a dm like speak to that i totally now on the flip side understand how all those boundaries super important also how that would um depending on what character headspace you're in or just like literal physical playing headspace like being told no is, is a weird feeling in a game that is like it is made up where yeah. you're like <laughs> well fuck you you know but it like i think that you had struck a great balance of doing that and yeah. also mm-hmm. i think that was a not an issue because of a conver- the conversation that we did have before. Like I did not feel like put out or put upon by this idea of having that. Yeah. I think that that, that comment's really great. Cause like, uh, I feel like a lot of people, I mean, I was even like that when I first started hearing about like safety tools and like stuff like that, it was like in session zeros, it was like, ah, we'll just figure it out at the table. And I, 
I did make a mistake one time. Like I, I ran a game for some folks and I skipped over my little safety tool spiel that I usually do. And we got into some topics that people did not enjoy talking about. And I hadn't presented the tools to the table to know how we would handle these problems. And so it, it became like a thing afterwards where I felt so bad mm. because like, it's like what Michael was saying is like, you're setting aside four hours of your time, like with other people who are also setting up aside that time to do a thing. And then you go and like, you know, and then boom, you're playing the game of like a thing you don't want to play. Mm -hmm. Like it, it, I, I've learned the hard way, the value of having these safety tools and having these, uh, these conversations beforehand, because you're right. It is a super vulnerable space you're heading into when you're being told it's this magical world. You can do anything. Yeah, like, and, and you're supposed that. to make it make it up as you go along. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, like, but you're also that. putting ideas out there in front of other people, and you hope that they will latch on to them. And if there are topics you can avoid, you know, to avoid, because people have set that boundary. How often it's would like, you say that comes up? Um, in playing games, like, do you ever? I feel like I don't want you to gossip about all the games you've played, but like that emotional sort of social dynamic is something that I yeah. really yeah. did not consider. Um, yeah. That. How often does that like come up in terms of like somebody who's trying really hard to maybe like to like I feel like this is the kind of thing where like somebody might try really hard to be the funny one and like mm -hmm. that's kind of hard to like navigate those sort of personality not just like the person is the character but like the people who are playing yeah yeah it Michael I, I don't know well I think it's about I think there's a certain aspect of like what is actually happening in game and then what mm -hmm. is like people around the table just like blowing off steam and like being funny in the moment as far as like that dynamic of like i'm just here to make jokes mm -hmm. yeah you can kind of i think adjust that with like okay do you actually say that to the king okay well now you're being arrested yeah. because you threatened the king <laughs> um you know so there's some like in-game stuff that i mm -hmm. think could sort of curtails you know when someone's just like trying to make a joke over and over again yeah but i think that's also like where you can afterwards like talk to them separately and say, Hey, we want you to have a good time, but you are taking over the table yeah. and you're not allowing other people to share the spotlight, share the spotlight. So we want you to be there and we want you to have a good time, but can you be more mindful of uh, letting other people Absolutely. speak? That's a really good way of phrasing that conversation too. Yeah. One time I was running a, a game for some clients on uh, start playing games and this dude showed up like hammered. Ooh. Like he was like, I, and it, this was all online. He had his camera off and everything. So I wasn't, at first I wasn't sure, that, you know, it was like something else was going on or whatever, yeah. but like overall it came, it became very apparent that this guy was just intoxicated out of his mind and it really brought like the whole table down. And that was another moment, uh, a learning moment for myself as a DM. Like if that had happened to me now, I would have been like, all right, we're going to take a quick break. You, sir, I'm going to kick you out of this and we're going to go back, reconvene in five minutes with everyone who's like mm -hmm. here to take this game seriously. Yeah. But I think that's like, yeah, you do have to, a lot of the times, like the, the solution for these interpersonal things, is like talk to your players, like let them know. Like a yeah. lot of times, like these are people who you're friends with outside of the thing. Mm -hmm. So like, and it can always be a little weird when it's like, like you said, because it is all make-believe. Like, mm -hmm. yeah. mm -hmm. but the stakes are what we make it, right? right. Like yeah, the stakes of the absolutely. game are important because if we're just, throwing dice and you know trying to like 
romance zombies. Right. Like, you know, that's a common trope too, is like the bard who wants to fuck everything. Mm-hmm. And like that, how that like derails like the party. Character type. <laughs> no, yeah, yeah. I mean, you nailed it. But I think it's like, there's, there's the, there's like the time and the place, right? Like, yeah. Are we tell, are we gathering around to do a campaign where we're all funny characters going through misadventures right. in the countryside? Or are we trying to play a game where, you know, there are a little bit more stakes. We take, it's more grounded. It's more serious, whatever it is, yeah. you know, whatever game you want to run at your table, like run that game and you'll find people who want to play that way. Yeah. But having that, having that conversation at the top, well, I think really, that bring it back to session zero, I going know. with all the same expectations. Yeah. I had a game where it was like a, a pirate themed game and it was playing with a bunch of actors and it was during Messy. the pandemic. <laughs> so we were all like, this is how we can express ourselves. So it was just so intense. And there was a lot of like, you know, like, Oh, this magical item, I'm going to steal it from that person. So there was a lot of that, like cross player manipulation of like, I want to take somebody from something from that player and, um, or that player's character and stuff like that. And I know, uh, my character and another character, like got into a fight in, play in character mm-hmm. but it definitely was like oh we are way too invested in this yeah like yeah. it do is you guys definitely still speak, or is that <laughs> yeah we do we're still great friends but we talked about it afterwards we're like okay that was um that was dumb right we shouldn't do that again yeah. and sort of figuring out like okay let's figure out a story for those characters to like come back together so that we can like still enjoy the story and enjoy that fight in the story mm-hmm. but recognize that like that went that bled too far into our yeah. lives yeah. and that's we gotta like acknowledge that and come back together and that those conversations can be hard to have yeah because it's like on the one side it's like this is a silly game where we create stories with our friends but on the other hand it's like but it deals with real emotions yeah when you're playing when you're Especially when you're real really time. committed. Yeah. Like yeah. you spend real like you're time. investing time. time that you're not getting back mm-hmm. at playing the game. I'll never get my time in Craigford. <laughs> <laughs> uh, any other like last uh, minute thoughts as we wrap up here uh, about like session zero? One thing I will say, uh, kind of just touching back on the player agency thing. Yeah. Uh, when you wanted to pick his character up, mm-hmm. that, that that's a moment I've had before. And it, like what I always like to do is like, does your character want to be picked up? Because mm-hmm. especially like when you're playing like a halfling or a gnome or you're a right, dwarf. You're right, that does come with. <laughs> everyone wants to pick you up. Mm-hmm. like and. I've never been a like a significantly short person, but I imagine like there's that can be a thing for someone that can be a, a line. It's like I don't want you picking up my character without my consent. I don't want right. you, you know, throwing me into the enemy unless I say so, like mm-hmm. whatever it is. Mm-hmm. And so the, in that moment, I was I, I'm glad I had I've experienced that before and was able to be like, hey, Michael, do you want to be picked up? And then you colored it in a way that was like made sense for the given circumstances of that encounter. Mm-hmm. Yeah, um, and I also think that people should have at least. Uh, three rounds of combat at the end of every session zero because you're doing a lot of like reading and dice work and math and it's nice to just be able to like put that into practice at yeah. the end of a session zero. Yeah, that, that was, was really fun. Like connect it, connect the theory with Yeah, the... like let's immediately put it into play. Yes, yes. And then this yeah. can be a jumping off point for whatever the campaign is. That yeah. Would so will we, will, are we going to visit these characters again? Uh, BJ, Banjo, Banjo, and... We might. We, yeah. we would Henry love Craigford. to. We don't have a plan to at this time, but we would love to because BJ Banjo Banjo is <laughs> a lovely. Hasn't fallen character. in love yet. Yeah. yeah. 
Yeah. Oh, so lonely. So but I mean, lonely. you can use this character for like the next campaign you play in or whatever Incredible. it is. Yeah. And hasn't beat his. Maybe I'll never members. make another character ever again. <laughs> Maybe this was it for oh, me. Oh, characters <laughs> die, Bailey. Characters no, BJ will, will live on. He just retires at like level <laughs> five. It's like, you know yeah. what? I'm good. <laughs> <laughs> I actually making a decent living here in Craigford. Maybe I'll just be the local <laughs> tuba teacher, player. Yeah. yeah. Every town needs a tuba player. Michael, any closing thoughts? Just thanks for joining us, Bailey. Yeah. Do you, uh, yeah. Pleasure. Anything um, you want to plug? Um, yes, myself. Um, and just love to um, <laughs> plug myself. <laughs> plug yourself. All right. Plug yourself. Um, Bailey Savage. I am on the talk, um, TikTok. I'm Bail Savage. On Once Upon a Bailey on the Gram. My website is um, baileysavage.com. And if anybody wants me to do anything ever, I'm available. <laughs> Well, that's fantastic. Well, we <laughs> loved having you. Hopefully, we'll have you back, and maybe we'll see BJ Banjo Banjo in the future. Yeah. And uh, you see him every time you look at your logo. So. Yeah. And thank you all for tuning in and listening, and we will see you next time on Dungeon Busters. Bust you later. Bust that dungeon. Thanks for scrolling into this episode of Dungeon Busters. Did you get inspiration from today's experiment? Then consider leaving us a review on your podcast platform of choice. Did we miss something? Would you have done it differently? Let us know on social media at Dungeon Busters Pod. That's D-N-G-N Busters Pod. You can follow me on socials at Michael underscore C underscore Hyatt. And you can find me, Diego, on my website, foreverdm.xyz. Thank you to Peter Gertes for our cover art. Our intro music is by Artle Music. Produced and edited by Michael C. Hyatt and Diego F. Salinas.